Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, we talk socks and Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll revisit the Tony LaRusa intentional walk that shook the baseball world and chat about the recent success of the Pale Hose before ending the show by unleashing the power of the force. Episode 76, coming to a speaker or headphones near you now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gellman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gellman. The man on the other side of the Skype is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. They're also on Twitter as well, at Believe Network. Well, we're going to jump into some similar topics we had last time around because there's not much else going on. Um, We start with the White Sox, who have just had a weird, weird, weird stretch here. And and I, as the Cubs fan, have weirdly gone to two Sox games in back-to-back days last week, and we'll be going again on Tuesday. Um, Another one? So Uh, I... You're hooked. I'm hooked on some weird-ass baseball. And just kind of the ups and downs of what the hell's been going on. I mean, it's it, they, they played like crap, and then you have the fire Tony game, and before that you have the intentional walk with two strikes that killed them, and then this week they, they jump back on and, and, and look like a half-decent team again, and it's just, it's all so weird because... This is we talked about it last time, but you know this is supposed to be their year where they're out the gates firing in all cylinders, and they're just simply not. And they're at a point in the year where they have plenty of time to to make it up. But it's just been a funky, funky time for these White Sox. And you know, you guys all know how I felt about them hiring Tony La Russa and how the fan base felt before this. And I think it was the dumbest move they could have made. But I also was confident that, you know, how much does a manager really affect the game anymore? I, I don't know. But clearly, this has been a stretch of baseball in which Tony LaRusa has looked as bad as we thought advertised before the season to where you're concerned. And you see what the Angels did with Madden. You see where Girardi is now without the Philadelphia Phillies. And... I don't think Jerry would ever do it. And so you got to try to figure out of what is this team moving forward. I'll, I'll throw it to you because it's it's just, as the resident Sox fan, even though I've been going all the damn games, I, I, I don't know where to place this team because it's underachieving, of course. But it's how do you not, and I know our last episode was how do you not panic, but there's more evidence now that it's holy crap, what's going on? And then they also have a nice week. Here we go, okay, like maybe we can, Maybe we can breathe. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, and yeah, thanks to Skype for freezing on both of us. I hope we can't get any of the show cut out. All, all your, all your right. wonderful White Sox. You know, we're White also Sox the only two bit, the only two weirdos here that use Skype. Like <laughs> I, I, Skype has been out of the Zoom game. Well, you see, I Zoom as a verb well, now, not even a noon, not even yes. a noun. It's like a Kleenex. Uh, noons and nouns and yeah there we go no don't worry we we got it all we'll we'll get it together um you like you said we're at a couple games 
last homestand going Tuesday night. Very proud of you. I was at the June 9th game where Tony LaRusa decided he's going to go on ahead and do the one, two intentional walk. Oh, what's going on here? Head scratcher in the bleachers. Boom. Oh, there's a baseball coming my way. This is a three, one home run by Max Muncy. I'll get, yes. I'll get to that in just a second. We're only revisiting it. I know it, it's good times now on the South side for a little bit in terms of recent success, just sweeping the, crap ass tigers um so don't necessarily want to revisit it just to bring up an open wound just to be a debbie downer more so just because i was at that game after that home run probably had about 10 more beers just to drown my sorrows wasn't able to do the show but um here we are and before i revisit it um you know what joey i have finally hit and i probably should have hit this um point of the season like way long way like much much longer ago maybe a couple weeks ago when things were just so basically tossing tourney 500 baseball if you will with the Sox. i mean one game one game below 500 now can we please not only get to 500 but surpass 500 um but that's how i'm seeing it now i'm taking it very much one day at a time um instead of like you said the 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 lofty expectation if you will which not lofty when you look at what the team was on paper coming into the season because hey this is supposed to be a world series contending team so to think that you were not necessarily going to sail through through this regular season 162 game regular season and just like be very comfortable and have this five plus 10 plus lead on the division the whole way and just sit there comfy watching some good baseball all summer long um that expectation is obviously long gone and it's really just one day at a time now and it's literally compartmentalizing the whole entire season for me as a fan is first okay can this team get to 500 second can we get a few games past 500 third can we make a legitimate fight for the division now where they sit now as we're recording the podcast, five games back of the twins, uh, three games back of Cleveland for se- for even second place for crying out loud. Um, if you look at all the stats and all the numbers, um, they're definitely projected to win less than 90 games. Now it's like in the 85 ish range or so mid eighties, hopefully high eighties. If they could get on a little bit of a hot streak here, will that be enough to surpass the, the, the guardians almost call them the wrong name the guardians then the twins to end the year we'll see but that's really what it is and that's all you could do right now as a Sox fan because every other day this player is going to the 15-day il or this player uh a la eloy jimenez is is you know their rehab stint's going to be a little longer now because there's discomfort in this area and what was it even this last homestand not last homestand uh the, the sweep of the tigers in between all that you know, good baseball and offensive, you know, offensive um, performance that they were having and Abreu having fun in the dugout left and right. Um, you had Liam Hendricks hitting the IL. Um, and just it's one name after another. Then you had the Kopech game where he's he's coming out of the game early after, what was it, an inning plus or whatnot, uh, a little hazy there. But still, it's like even now where they, where they come off a good series against, albeit, very, very crappy divisional foe, but hey, it's at least you're beating the teams you have to beat now, right? Because probably should have handed, you probably should have won the series. You should have won the series against the Rangers. You didn't to end the homestand. Luckily, when you face the Tigers, you, you take care of business there. But even when you were taking care of business, nothing but bad news keeps coming. This player to the IL, this player taken out of the game. Kopech, who is, if he's healthy the rest of the year, right? If he gets healthy and then could go all the way to the rest of the year into the playoffs, potentially you're even your number one starter out the gate. You don't want to lose him now, you know? Um, so it's not the panic button by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, as long as they stay healthy enough, they can make a push for the postseason. But because of that, you literally have no point, no, no choice for now as a Sox fan to just take it one game at a time. Like, 
is this team going to hit such a massive hot streak? Like I said, that they now surpass the current projections and win 90 plus games. Probably not. So that being said, it's going to be a, a, like every game is going to matter here now the rest of the way out. Because like I said, first you have to get to 500, surpass 500, fight for the fight the Twins for the division. Hopefully you win the division and we'll see what happens there. Maybe you don't. You sneak in as one of the wild card teams. And now that's even more coin flip type of a series. So hopefully you win the division. Um, but there's a long, long way to go. And for the rest, for the rest of the year, I'm just going to take it one day at a time, one game at a time. Where are we at in the standings? Where are we at in terms of the IL? Who's coming back? Who's closer to coming back? And we'll go from there. Um, now, if you'll allow me to stay on the mic for about two, three more minutes or so, we can revisit. Yikes. Uh, All right. I'll just take a nap. Let's there, <laughs> there you go. Hey, you tossed it over to the to the Sox fan of the show. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spill my heart out. It's been, it's been a week plus since I even saw that intentional walk. Um, the only thing I want to revisit with that, as it goes to all other things with you know, some fans – pessimism or pessimistic pessimistic feelings i guess you could say currently or even before if you were somebody who was against the tlr tlr hiring is i just want us to remember when we look back and we dissect that i don't care if when that happened max muncie strikes out on three straight pitches or whatnot like it goes all the way back to what's the saying they always say like in football with football coaches like you judge the process not the results so like for example, like it wasn't this big blown up thing over the baseball world, and it wasn't like mass oh because Max Muncy said like f you or whatever to the White Sox or Tony Russo on the dugout after he hit the home run, and the like, Dodgers are making fun of him in post game interviews, and like that's not I mean that's why it became such a big thing, but it should have been almost equally as a big thing even if it weren't because that's not <laughs> that's not the right move right and like even at the end of the game he almost tried saying like it was or he did he didn't try he did say like it was the right move and no like when we're when the when this type of hiring from the start was a head scratcher i think you you have to keep the critical lens on it and, and obviously like this move is going to be looked at very critically for the rest of his tenure here but it's even if something like this pops up down the road judge the process of it not the result the the process and the thinking behind it was pretty bad. Like <laughs> I think 999 out of a thousand co- out of a thousand managers who have to make that decision don't walk the, don't walk the batter on on one two. W- whether it be oh he's he's good against I don't want the righty lefty matchup. I want the lefty lefty matchup. Um, no, I mean it was it was pretty bad, and we just have to remember it like that. I mean that's like me. By the way, I'm playing 18 tomorrow, so w- wish me luck. Hopefully, I hit it straight. But that's like me being I don't know. 300 yards out or something after 250 yards out after a tee shot. And I tell you, Joey, this is the club I'm hitting. And you go, that's not the right club. That's not going to work out. Dan, you can't hit driver off the deck. And I hit driver off the deck and it hits a tree and it bounces right back into the fairway. That doesn't mean it was the right decision. It just happened to work out. But the my process in picking that decision was still highly flawed because, as you know, Joey, and now the listeners know, Dan can't hit driver off the deck. I just had a lucky bounce off the tree. So even if Max Muncy were to make an out, ground out, strike out, fly, whatever, that wouldn't have even made that call correct. So I, I know it was like this big thing. That's the only part like I really want to revisit on it is that's not the only reason why – the socks were laughing sock for a couple days. Like also thinking it's so like, where in the heck, where was your mind at during that process? Like the process of making that decision that you thought that was the right move. And I went to Roto wire. And I mean, if, if you go today, like Trey Turner splits for, for all that it's worth on a one, two count, 
today, 238. So, Joey, you're in the dugout. Um, our guy Trey Turner has a 1-2 count on us. I tell you, he's batting 238. Max Muncy's on deck, and when he's up to the plate with his, you know, with an 0-0 count, he's 211. Okay, a little worse. So, if you want to play by the numbers, go ahead and walk him, I guess. Just silly, but um, I appreciate you letting me sit on the couch here, Joey, and... Uh, unwind and say my feelings of, of how I feel about White Sox baseball thus far. That's what I'm here for. I can be White Sox therapy. But uh, but see, I, what's interesting, like, like you're, I'm, I'm impressed because you're very, like, you have an articulate answer for that, and you're very, like, level-headed because, like, I'm... Like, I'm more angry at this team as the Cub fan, which is funny because, like... like this is supposed to be the team of the summer. Like this is their year, and this is still their window. And when it's underachieving, you never know when you're going to get there, and that's what's frustrating. And the Tony Larusa stuff, everyone's already got a predisposition for how they feel about them. It's been that way since they even rumored it, right? And so, you know, the fact that we're sitting here with a team that's underachieving, and they're already chanting "fire Tony" like they did "fire Nagy." Or fire gar packs. This is like a theme here, right? Which is funny too, because it's two out of three Jerry teams. But that explains more about him than anything else, and his and his blind loyalty to a fault. But that could be a whole other show. The point is, it's 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 a problem when the team is underachieving and the fan base is already checked out on the leader. And I know not the player leadership. Everyone loves Anderson, Abreu, you know, whomever it may be. But it's it's just frustrating that there's this elephant in the room of everyone really does not like the manager and you're scared that it's going to cost your team in this in this window that is so precious. I mean, I know I may want to bring up some Cubs things in a few minutes, which is a frightening thought, but I I in doing my Cubs research for today and thinking about who the hell is in this lineup and that Six years ago, this team won the World Series. Like that's that's crazy. Boy, and so, how the mighty have fallen. Right, and so you never want to to lose that opportunity, and want to do everything you can to ensure you get there. And the inconsistencies to me are frustrating as hell with this team because they're not supposed to be at this place. This was supposed to be them a couple of years ago, and. They're supposed to be the fun we're having this summer, no matter if you like the Sox or not. And now you're kind of sitting here with a frustrating, nail-biting, teeth-chattering team here for the next two months um, versus what was supposed to be. Not a shoe-in, but something you could at least just enjoy and not have to really worry about until the games mattered in September and October because they would have been guaranteed a playoff spot. And you see, I think that I think that's exactly what it is, though, Joey, is I think you're still in that stage where I was roughly a week ago where I was kind of pissed off that for the same reason you were even before, you know, I, the the Tony La Russa intentional walk game that really got people PO'd. And then a couple games later, you have the fire, fire, uh, fire, Tony chant game um, or whatever you want to call it. But because I was pretty much in your spot where it's like. This is getting ridiculous. This is embarrassing. I'm over it. We were supposed to be a 90 plus win team. Not necessarily, like I said, easily win the division, but the only one, the only team who is really supposed to be a threat to the White Sox this year and kind of really is in their division is the Twins. I mean, they're behind the Guardians right now by a couple games, but I don't like if you see the Guardians as a threat. Holy cow! Like, you might not even make make a freaking wild card then if <laughs> if we have to worry about them. So, but 
that's where I'm at now. I think I'm a little bit just past the stage you're in now where it's like, hey, we just have to take this one. It's not going to be that year. Like, because of the injuries, you know, maybe a couple manager decisions here and there. I mean, how many games can La Russa possibly cost the White Sox this year? Like, it has to be under 10, right? Like, he can't cost them more than 10. Like, it's probably about a handful. And yeah, He'll have his own war rating by the end of the year. Exactly. And, like, that, the 1-2 the, the intentional walk game is, you know, probably one of them. But it's, like, it's probably only a handful of games as the manager. He could potentially, you know, lose them. I hope it's no more than that. Um, I mean, there's probably a couple games we could revisit um, and, like, really make some um, – have some good questions on. But – where we're at now, that's where it is, right? I, th- I think we're just at two two different stages here. Where, and I, I think especially for you as the Cub fan coming in this year, and you already knew what th- what the team on that side of town was going to be, right? Whether they're in this weird rebuild mode or they're not, you still knew what they were on paper. You knew what even the highest expectation could be. What they're like a decent third place team in the division was probably the highest you'd give them coming in. Whereas now like they're struggling to not be the reds um, in the division. So, but like you already knew what you had coming in. So if you want to, if you want to go to games or if you want to see some decent base, some decent local baseball on your television screen, go, Hey, well, Sox are in a pretty damn good window. Let's turn them on. Hey, pretty good thinking on your end, except it hasn't turned out that year or this year. So, like I said, at this point, like I, I'm not expecting anything grandiose. Like I'm not expecting anything to. I'm not expecting them to just go on ahead, light a fuse, and take off. Now, all that being said, and maybe this is me being overly optimistic. Hey, if you're healthy enough, or if you at least have healthy enough arms, obviously we need the offense to be there. Like you can't just have. You know, you can't be missing Eloy come the postseason. You know, you can't be missing a TA come the postseason, but as long as as long as you have a healthy enough offense and your arms are good, Joey, you're talking like I said, Kopech, please come back, Giolito, Lance Lynn, um, Cease for crying out loud. I mean, you, you could potentially be throwing out uh, Kopech, Cease, Giolito, um, and, and Lance Lynn. However, you want to line, uh, um, line them up for for a playoff series, and hey. I'll, I'll take that four against any other four, like any day of the week. I'm not saying like they're, it's necessarily, you know, we're making the other team big underdogs. I mean, Sox, depending on who they're facing, probably going to be the underdog in that series. But if you have those four arms, anything can happen. So, like I said, is that me being overly optimistic? Not really. I mean, pitching in the postseason, it, it matters, right? It, it means pitching and timely hitting. I mean, even though the game's evolved a little bit, which kind of funny because depending on how you wrap the baseball it either evolves or doesn't either it's going over the wall and it's a home run game again or you did something with the manufacturing and there's not as many home runs either way um yeah i guess that's really the last bit i have on that is i think i'm just out of that ticked off stage because look it there's there's plenty of white Sox fans i have in my you know text message or dms whatever you call it and a lot of them have kind of given me that and I think they mean it jokingly. They'll be back come, you know, August, September, uh, when it gets a little closer to the playoffs. But, oh, I'm done with this team, or this is embarrassing, or, oh, just give me beer season, or Let, let's just get Justin Fields and the boys out there. And I know they don't mean that completely for the rest of the summer, but I think that's where a lot of fans are kind of at right now is, you know what, I'm done. Like, And that's not necessarily where I was, but I think you just have to get through that stage. And then once we get closer to the playoffs, and hopefully they're fighting for the division come uh, early September, late September, then you're going to get back in the – because then you're going to have no choice. Like, all right, let's buckle up and let's get to this. Um, But it's going to be a rough couple months. I say rough because – it's it's going to be almost feels like dog. It's going to feel like dog days of summer in a sense. I don't really know if that's how you use the dog days of summer phrase, but it's going to 
Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a grind the rest of the way. That is a hundred percent sure. At this at this point, I don't think anybody could sell me um, on anything different unless we see a lot more different. But unless we see the White Sox in Detroit for the rest of the year, <laughs> or at least for the next couple of weeks, you're not really going to change my mind anytime soon. So. Well, in the words of the great philosopher Hawk Harrelson, sit back, relax, and strap it down. Seriously. But it's interesting you bring up the point about apathy with fans for like the next month or two because that wasn't where you want anybody to be um, with this team. But I, I get it. Baseball's long and it's underachieving and you want to wait till it gets good. It's probably that instant gratification issue we have for everybody. It's like, this isn't worth my time. I can't get joy from it, so I'm going to then wait till I can't get joy from it. Um, well, and, and don't and don't necessarily also ignore the fact of look at some of the reasons they bring up, right? Where it's oh, we're not a full squad, or this, this now we have this player on the shelf. If oh, then call me, hit me up when they're back, right? Like if you're gonna tell me these are the reasons for struggle, not necessarily the team, but if that's like kind of what the unofficial narrative is, where it's like, oh, well, of course, like, what was me? Look at all these top names we have in the shelf. Then how are you going to feel, right? It's literally just, all right, well, send me a text when, when the lineup and the arms are right. I'll watch then. I mean, that, I'm not saying that's me, but for certain fans that have that perspective, it makes total sense, right? Yeah. No, it does. Um... But not if you're Joey, because you're gonna be, not if you're yourself, because you'll be at the game twice a week anyways. Whenever, whenever they're here. See, but I thought that would be the plan, like to go to good baseball, and I got. I guess I'm one and one in the year. But now I'm curious because I, ha- I actually haven't asked you this yet. Is it um, literally like you're going to these games because you say like, hey, you look at the calendar, you say, hey, like let's go to a Sox game. Is it like somebody invites you to the game? Is it, like work related? You have some tickets, but plus you also wanted to go to this game, like because this is quite a few in a, in a row here now. This is what three games in a couple weeks. Is this all for your own entertainment? You looked at the calendar, you wanted to buy it? Or... No. <laughs> okay. Okay. I I I, 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 te- guess, but... I I tell myself that's what I want to do. Like, oh, the Sox are playing the Angels, and I'm gonna go see Otani and see the Sox, or they're doing this, but. No, it was a, a friend's birthday, a friend invite, and then it's work on Tuesday. <laughs> but they're playing the Blue Jays, so it's always good to see. But um, yeah, it, it's funny. I don't. I swear I've been to a Cub game in the last two years. Like I can't think of it. But my like MLB ballpark app like doesn't say so because between me moving to Philly <laughs> and then COVID. And then last year I went to a Sox game with work when things just reopened. It's like, have I not been to a Cub game since like 2019? Like, could that really be possible? And I know 2020 was a wash, so it's it's hard. But I'm like, holy crap. Well, I mean, considering, like you said, you were literally out of the, right. out of the state. Plus there was the pandemic. So I think that makes it more, not, you know, reasonable, crazy. I guess is the word. Uh, it's weird and, and, and i want to go but much. well that's the thing i don't want to pay 75 bucks for a bleacher ticket and 30 bucks for a beer or whatever it is now i, I haven't even looked at cubs obviously i'm not going to a cubs game this year but like i mean i don't even know how many times i've stepped in really my entire life um my old gig obviously like there was a couple times i went and rooted for the other teams you know I, i'm not that guy who like will walk in with like a cardinals hat on or anything and root openly for the cardinals but either way i digress um i hear though rumor has it ticket prices are still skyrocketed and whatnot Yep, 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 yep. Wow. It's crazy. Like, I, I don't – and that's what's interesting. I'll do my one-minute rant. But it's just like, I don't know how you can do that. And and they're not being transparent enough 
about what is going on with the team and that it's actually a rebuild like they did last time. And so it's just... Is it because maybe it's not? Is it because maybe they're going to even spend a lot more cash this offseason? Like, I don't know. Put it this way. If they, if they really do have in mind that they're going to open up open up the checkbooks and they're going to make a big splash in free agency, you can't really call it an official rebuild, right? I think it all depends on how they handle next offseason, which, of course, we'll get to in shows down the road. But right. is it because maybe it isn't a rebuild? But I... I, 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 I mean, every Cup fan's thinking that now. Because, all, I mean, this is... This is bad. Like, I mean, they're losing, like, by football scores right now. It's, like, not even competitive, and it's, like, minor league baseball. And and I know there have been bad Cubs teams, and in recent memory, you know, after their playoff run in 07, 08, you know, and, or even before, the 06 team that, you know, lost 100 games, and the 10, 11, like, the 12 teams were horrible. But they're at least we're either on the heels or on the precipice of positivity. So you're off a playoff run or, wow, we just got Chris Bryant or we just traded for Anthony Rizzo and this is someone you want to watch from their trip from Kane County to Iowa to here, right? We're in... I, I truly can't remember a more, like, irrelevant Cubs team than this one. Like, there, there's really... Like I know you got a Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ's having a killer year, but like there is no reason for me to turn on a game, and that's infuriatingly sad. And you like, want to see Kyle Hendricks on the bump, but it means nothing right now. Like that's what's it's it. There's not like a transcendent name I want to go see, and like that's true. I, I I I know the roster like not as well as I should, but like I know who exists on the Cubs, and you know when I looked at the the, the game tonight today. I know Morel's having a, a fun rookie campaign here, but like when when your leadoff hitter is him and Rafael Ortega, VR, and Dalton Simmons, and Swarmer is your starting pitcher, I I, know. I truly couldn't have told you who good old number sixty seven Swarmer is on you the guys, Cubs. You guys don't even have the luxury of watching good old Nicky Madrigal. Right. Down there because he's on the IL. And, just, and, just a few weeks ago. But right. Yeah. And so that's just where it's like, it's just, there, there, there's there's no incentive right now. Like, it was cute and fun last year when there were still the names you had and you had Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel coming up, but it was cool. And and they're having all right years. But it's like, there's just, there, there's nothing there. There's not like, oh, well, I know that Starling Castro's coming up and we're going to see his debut. Chris Bryant. Like, it's just... They're missing that, and they don't want to admit that. And it's remarkable to me that they're still playing this game with the fans and trying to fake it out. And it's like, just be honest, because this is this is brutal. Like, like you are in one of the worst divisions in baseball, and you are the worst. Like, you can't be the Reds and the Pirates and you. Like, what's the point <laughs> of? I mean, the Cardinals can just walk, or the Brewers can just walk to the division. Like, there's three. You you are guaranteed three horrible teams. And 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 it's 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 crazy. Like, have you ever watched Ted Lasso? I still haven't. I have to. So we just really started do. it. It's phenomenal. You'll love it. But so the I funny, but the point is, like, you know, in European soccer, like, you get relegated. Like, a team yeah. of the Cubs or the Pirates or the Reds couldn't exist in their in their current state, and there's no consequence here for them being bad for a while. And 
before when they did it, there was a plan. They outlined They told you it's going to be a horrible three years, but by 2015, 16, 17, we're going to be competing for a World Series. And they did. Now, there's no timetable. There's no goals. There's no five-year plan. And that's what's the most frustrating where you're just like, all right, not worth my time. I'll wait. Wait till they're good. If they well, are. I, I guess that's the weird thing, and I'll, I'll add this in before we transition into a, a subject or a topic, um, galaxy, a galaxy far, far away. But, and leave it to you to throw some Cubs in there. I guess my thing is, too, like, you are right in that sense to where, like, I'm sitting here thinking as, you know, the outside perspective who isn't so, you know, PO'd about it. Maybe they do open up the checkbooks, like I said, and maybe they do spend a lot of cash in free agency, and that gives Cub fans a different perspective. However, then what's so wrong about even saying that's your plan? Like, you don't even have to say, like, oh, like specific names, but it could be, you know, with, you know, a couple of people who are eyeing in free agency or, you know, whether that be free agency, how maybe you know, we plan on filling these things. And I, I don't know, maybe that is like the the jargon or like, you know, the the, the GMs, the, the GM speak and whatnot that uh, Hoyer's throwing around. I honestly haven't listened too much to him speak. But what I'm saying is like, then, yeah, why not say that? Like, if you are going to build through the draft and heavily through free agency, like a lot of these big teams do, or via trade, however, like, you know, a la your Dodgers or your Astros, like where you just keep the big names there, or like maybe you go out and buy a big name if you like the Yankees, like, you know, the type of payroll and the type of team Cub fans have been wanting the Cubs to be for so long. They've been wanting them to be the Yankees of the Midwest, right, for forever. So then why don't you just come out and say that? Like you said, like they haven't really dialed in and said like, we're going to be big spenders. We're also going to get, you know, we're also going to have good draft capital, good draft placement. Like we're going to be fine. And obviously building through the draft is completely different in major league baseball than any other sport, but you know, you could still get somewhere through it. Um, but yeah, like, why don't you just say that then? Like, why don't you just say like, we're going to try to build up our farm system, but we're also definitely not shying away from, you know, future free agency classes. I don't know. Cause like I said, if they do, it probably changes your mind. But it's that whole thing about being up in the air and that not being told to you yet as a Cub fan that gives you that type of a vibe. Can't blame you. Anyways, now, if you um, haven't watched Obi-Wan Kenobi yet, if you want to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is your, I don't know, 10 to 15 second warning to unfortunately turn off the show. Hey, we had all the we had all the sports talks for you. I mean, what else do you want? Um, but you, you, you cut all the sports thoughts. Unless, Joey, any other sports thoughts for you, my friend, before we transition Besides here? pot racing, no. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> before we transition into the uh, very quick Star Wars bit of the Believe in Chicago sports show, um, I'd like to have a little bit of fun here. So you've had your 10 to 15 second warning. If you haven't seen the latest episode, if you haven't seen any of the episodes, however, you do want to eventually catch it, then go on ahead. Um wish you all a, a good day good afternoon good night however wow best episode so far of the series i think so um i think i, I saw like a lot of things out there that could have really been like episode two or episode three and you know i, I hate that's how episodic shows are that, that's how these shows are nowadays on these streaming platforms like sometimes you have to drag it out a little bit um i mean hell this is only a six episode season how much can you really even drag out you have a lot of stuff to fit in there anyways got some really really good stuff i was for the most part satisfied from start to finish as as a lot of people know whether it comes to star wars or sports or whatever i can be a little bit of a critic and nitpicky um but that was like an 8.8 9.2 out of 10 episode for me i think yeah, i mean episode 5 hit all the heartstrings of all people our age i mean it 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 finally brought back 
a partnership and a matchup of Jedi and Padawan. Look um, at that. That that you hadn't seen, and it was a, a part of the story that we hadn't seen. It was before yeah. Attack of the Clones, and it was just... It was it was a brilliantly done episode and weaving in the stories of how they Obi Wan and Anakin used to interact before turning into Darth Vader and 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 the Rave of Twist was was great too and I just you know I I was frustrated early in the season because I'm like okay if you have flashbacks to Obi Wan and Anakin together why didn't you do it earlier we've been waiting for it yeah. and I I because this one was better written than the other ones and so. Why did you wait? Why did we? Why did we focus as much on Leia, who's been great? But it's just it 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 dragged, and it's. I I finally kind of clicked today. Where, in the beginning of the series, you have the context of Order sixty six in the recap, but Obi Wan doesn't yeah. know Anakin's alive, so the idea of these flashbacks playing as an important role in the story and series, for nostalgia purposes, is wonderful. For the story itself. He doesn't have a place yet because it's been a decade and he just thinks he never survived Mustafar. Yeah. And so now you're at a place where they're understanding what they meant to each other, what they mean to each other now, the realization that what Anakin has become, now it brings it back to those flashbacks and how they interacted and how they became where they became and what they view them about themselves now and the whole situation. And so I think... I've come around to that fact if it was it was perfectly placed in this spot, even though I would, as a fan, like it earlier. It it, it interwove a story really well, and I don't know how they're going to end it in six, and I can't imagine. I, I don't know. There's so much. There's still a ten year gap you got to fill. Don't give me that second fill. season talk. There's well, still a ten year gap you got to fill. Just throwing it out there, Vader, Vader show. No, nobody will be opposed to that. I don't think we're going to get it, but nobody would be opposed to that. Um but before I get to yes, yeah, so, something you said that really does uh, hit home, at least for that episode, in particular with the flashbacks and how it all breaks down. Because when they when they fight, if you want to call it that, uh, what was it, like two episodes prior in episode three, um, where Obi-Wan obviously didn't stand a chance, you didn't get, like you said, the, the whole concept, like the flashbacks and everything setting that up. And that's the first time you ever really get – that's the first time you do get that in live-action cinema or period and anywhere in Star Wars where – like you said, Vader is aware that Obi-Wan not only is alive, but he's going to him. And Obi-Wan, like you said, is aware that Anakin, Vader, however you want to call him, is alive and is going to him. And since they know they're about to meet up now, right, like that's where the flashbacks go into play. And like you get into the mind, right, of like Vader and well, like what he's potentially thinking as he's going to try to fight, try to kill, try to torture his old master. And the same thing with Obi-Wan, who's somebody you thought was ten, was dead 10 years ago. Now you're having those flashbacks and those memories as you're about to face them again, which is something you don't get, obviously, in A New Hope because show up to a space station and then Vader senses a feeling he hasn't felt since leaves room. And then they show up and the rest, the rest is um, cinematic history. So... Yeah, it's the first time you ever get that. It's also the first time in live action you get that type of badass Vader. That type of badass Vader where I could kill you without my weapon, badass Vader. Like in episode um, three of the series, you do have him just completely annihilating Obi-Wan Kenobi in a lightsaber battle and almost toying with him in a sense there because Obi-Wan Kenobi was so overmatched and you get like that powerful 
lightsaber fighting Vader for first time in live action. Yeah, I can't. I mean, you get like the Rogue One Vader who's just like toying with uh, the rebel shooters or whatnot, uh, and he's just like basically like washing them away. Like you, you got to see that on the screen um, in that type of Vader in Rogue One, but nowhere else have we seen it until Episode Three of the series, and now you get to see. Just basically toying with. I mean, I thought that was the coolest thing they could do is not just make it this lightsaber battle, but he literally just uses the force in all different kind of ways to just humiliate <laughs> Riva in a sense. I mean, I mean, no match is, isn't even really the question. Um, the only thing I guess that's just a little weird and like leave it to Star Wars to do this is that was what Riva's second time she's ever been stabbed with the lightsaber. If you if you're the one if you're somebody who thinks that. Anakin did stab her the first time in the temple. Some people were thinking like, "Oh, it's just a flashback. Maybe he didn't." And like, but no. I mean, pretty sure he stabbed her in the temple at the temple at the Jedi Temple, and then stabbed her again in this episode. Yet she still lives. Um, and then obviously, the Inquisitor, who you knew was going to come back, like that's just how they did. Like it was kind of funny there. Like you always knew the Inquisitor was going to come back for canon reasons, but just like kind of just throw him right back in yeah. the mix was. No, I, I don't mind the way it was done there, um, but everybody now just – I mean, like I said, leave it to Star Wars to right. bring, bring somebody back from the dead, a la Darth Maul, um, or <laughs> – So Qui-Gon just shot out of luck then. He couldn't survive one stab, and everyone else gets sliced yes. in half and stabbed, and they all come back alive. Listen, I, I get that. I get that. I, trust me, I do. But Qui-Gon's also not the only person to die from one straight-up lightsaber stab. I mean, look at Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope. I mean, it was just one little psh- – kind of uh i mean it wasn't a, it wasn't a stab through it was more of like a baseball bat type of takedown if you will if i'm remembering the scene correctly but um no i mean i get it i guess the only thing you could do and the nerd in me almost wanted to do this was go back and watch that duel of the fates and how far does darth maul stick the lightsaber in because i mean it goes a pretty long way um in Qui-Gon, which, and like I said, th- this is just me being silly it doesn't really matter in damn anyways um, i'm not even gonna necessarily be nitpicky about it but Reva was maybe just like a little side, quick, quick and done action, whereas like Qui Gon was just full blown with the you know Darth Maul's dark side power just psh, right through. Um, but no, I mean I think the coolest thing we're getting from this series is like it's it's, it's weird to say the coolest thing you're getting is Vader related, where you're seeing the power of Vader um, in, in different ways than, than you ever did on screen because obviously it's the Obi Wan Kenobi show, and you would maybe some fans would want like the coolest thing to be seeing like Obi Wan's trials and tribulations during that period and like just broken, broken man, which is what we really definitely get like in the first two episodes. Um, he's probably getting a little more like Alec Guinnessy now like they're kind of maybe trying to start building that arc down more in like episode five and episode six whereas like I said in the beginning of the series he's just broken down um Obi-Wan Kenobi and like maybe some more fans would have wanted to see that but hey let's just face like Obi-Wan's the the best parts of Obi-Wan's story are Vader's story like almost some of the best parts (laughs) of Vader and Anakin's story is Obi-Wan um until like you get into the later years with Luke and you know then there's obviously bits and pieces of Ahsoka which with that new series we'll see if uh, oh they did say Hayden Christensen is going to be in that as well but um yeah I mean until we see how they wrap this up more to your point of you have 10 more years that you could fill why not fill her with a Vader show and just have him go like, look at you're talking about one of the greatest villains in cinematic history, and right. just because just because of the time it was done, 
like back, you know, back in the seventies, I'm talking about the original trilogy. You didn't really get to portray that on the screen so much. Like he was this big dominant, like looking force, but you don't get the actual, like the movement and the usage of the force and like the type of like lightsaber battles you could do that you saw like in the prequels, because like it, Star Wars just obviously like, wasn't there decades and decades ago at that time, but now that you can put him right back on the screen, because even when the prequels came out, like he's only Vader at the really end because doll, that's the story. But if you had the time to do it, and now like with like the episodic platforms that we have, give Vader a quick run, then you can retire it. And I know there's a lot of people who are they're tired of the Skywalker story, like Star Wars from start to finish, from Episode One to even Nine is like there's always like the Skywalker twist, and it's been like Star Wars is just centered on on that and Vader. But it's like I get that. First off, that's seven, eight, nine. Like that—that's just the problem <laughs> that the that the new trilogy has. Like well, we could talk about that forever. We won't. But that's how I wrap up my Star Wars thought. Is you know I could I could see it going into more of a Vader series because then it could be done right. Like give the man his true due. Why would you not have the most the most especially if right the, a smallish if because apparently Hayden uh, Christensen like did dig doing this, but if you can get him to do it and you can put together just a quick five, six, seven, eight episode type of show, which you could do anything about Vader, right? And like the years from like, like you said, after this Obi-Wan leading up into to New Hope. Or you before have, it, the last before, 10 years before. True, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah, you could have two seasons, right? You could have you know, the one that takes place before Obi-Wan and the one that takes place after. Like there's plenty of things you could do with having just terrorizing the galaxy and all this. And like, you know, there's a couple comics things that like they could pull from. So it's like, why would you not give the most famous star wars character their own show especially if the man himself is up for it no i think it'll be interesting to see i mean but i also think they're scared to do i know we talked about this before the show but i think it's like what what happened with boba fett like it was a good show but like it changed i think the way people perceive that character by on by doing more and i I don't know if like darth vader being in this show as ruthless as he is is kind of like that that way to do it and to not overkill it with something else but the big thing with that though was like Fett, like Boba Fett, he never really had a story though. Like until like the the story that he had going into that series was like if you look at the original trilogy, he's just this cool badass looking bounty hunter who gets like eaten up, <laughs> right, in the pit. And then even if you go to the prequels, he's just like the kid of of Jango Fett who like sees his Papa get beheaded by Mace Windu and is kind of pissed off. And then the rest is history. I mean, he has like little um, scenes and whatnot in um, Clone Wars. And I'm trying to think, no, not in Rebels, but there are a couple episodes, like a young uh, Boba Fett in, in like Clone Wars, like animation, of course. But there's really like his story wasn't as popular. So I think like that's where you can mess up. It's like, okay, well, this like mysterious, cool bounty hunter guy who you thought was dead is not dead. And here's his story. So like, I think there was a lot more room for era error in a show like that. Um, whereas like with Vader, no, I, I think there's way less Like, like I said, there's a million things you could do. Cause it's already the most popular and a pretty good, the most popular character of the franchise. And don't see why not. Don't, don't crush my hopes, Joey. Gunn. I won't. I, I do know. Cause like I said, we, we did discuss a little via chat, uh, via, via, um, text messages so apparently like star wars is always like they're a little careful with like what they do with vader because he's just such a dominant figure like when you put him in a scene it's, it's vader like, <laughs> like i don't care right. if you call it obi-wan i don't care if you call it rogue one i don't care what you, what you call the movie the series you name it if vader's in the scene 
it's it's Vader time, right? But that's even more reason to just have him have his own show, a quick one, in and out, six episodes, let it be, let's go, boom, boom, boom. And then then you could give me the the Rangers of the Republic, which is like, you know, totally, obviously, probably not going to be Jedi and obviously Skywalk related. It's just going to be, you know, little, um, you know, Rangers, literally Rangers of the Republic. You can get, then you could give me all those side stories. Then you could give me Lando. And then you could give me, like, see, like if you're going to have, like, a solo movie. It, look at me. I'm going on Star Wars right now, and like a Lando show, and all like. Then you can have a Vader show. You can like that. That's all I'm saying. But um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the episode, and it looks like by next podcast we'll uh we'll be wrapping up episode six. I hope. Here's my hope, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Is it wrong for me to have the expectation that the finale should be the best episode of the show? Maybe not. I mean, not for for every unless there's like a cliffhanger and it's going to be like a season two, which I don't see a season two. I can see something more of like once again Vader having his own show, or like I can see them filling in those ten years with a different show. Um, but I feel like my expectation is like episode five shouldn't be my favorite of the series once the series is complete, once the circle is complete. Um, or am, am I wrong for thinking that? Like. If it's still a really good ending and it's a and it's a good and it's a good episode, it doesn't necessarily have to surpass episode five. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like we put too much stock sometimes in the finales that I just don't know. Maybe that's why I meant yeah. Like and I and I truly I don't know how they're gonna end it because you know how the full story ends, but right. they're still <laughs> very far away from that moment in the storyline. So I just I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd be okay if this was the best one we just saw, but I, I don't want it to end in a dud. That's going to piss me off. So, Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's more so how they're going to end it. Like, you don't necessarily need, like, kick-ass Vader or another wild-ass lightsaber fight, although, hey, I'm, I'm game for that, too. But I think you're right. It's more so, like, how are you going to end the whole thing now? Like, how do you wrap up this season? Because I don't see them having another a season because – like I told you once again via text message before we had this fine podcast is if you have another season, Obi-Wan has to stay on Tatooine. Like he can't leave again. So like, then you're going to give what? That's five true. Plus, six plus episodes. He's learned how to ride a bantha with Boba Fett. Exactly. So I don't, I don't know if we well, done, we've done more prep for this damn segment than any of the sports <laughs> ones we did today. I, I, I guess so. But hey, that's what happens when I when I tell myself that hey, I gotta take White Sox baseball one day at a time because they're not gonna run away and be the be the boys of summer. But um, I guess we'll see. Like I said, come next show and, and thanks for everybody. If, if you stuck around from start to finish through the White Sox talk, through the Cubs talk, through the now the Star Wars talk, thank you so very much. You 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 are a plus listener. A plus in, in mine and Joey's hearts. I'm speaking for him now. You're right here in our core zone. But um, I guess we'll, I guess we'll uh, chat about it next week on the show, as long with um, mad baseball stuff. That and Bulls draft, happen. right? That's next Thursday. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. The the NBA the NBA might end tonight. We're we're here yeah. recording this here on a Thursday. It's Game Six of the NBA Finals. Maybe it ends tonight. Maybe it ends on what's Game Seven Sunday. But Basketball, literally the season as we speak right now, Joey, as we speak into these microphones, the NBA season is still freaking going on. And it seems like so long ago, the Bulls were on the hard court. But that's what happens when you don't make the the very long postseason. So there you have it. But we will be back next week to talk all those fine, lovely items. For a man, Joey Gelman, I am, I was almost going to say Jedi Master Dan. I will not say that. I'm Dan Collins. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe I should change my Twitter handle to that. But in the meantime, my Twitter handle is TweetDanCollins. He's at uh, he's at Joey Gelman. Fine, lovely show. Believe in Chicago. My childhood email was Jedi J D E G. My initials. Jedi. Look at that. Joseph David S. Gelman. That email is not defunct, so no one can actually use that email. But <laughs> it was my email as a kid. As a kid, so you were a Jedi as a kid, and now you are. Um, maybe you're on well, the. You council. didn't grant me the rank of master. That's true. Good. Don't turn to the dark side, and don't turn to the dark side uh, you, you, yourself. You find little listeners. Anyways, we'll wrap it up. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening, and yeah, catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.